I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Now, Bru, you and myself, we were quietly tipped off um, by the higher-ups that these positions would be dropped. Um, the break in the cricket was when uh, the Daily Telegraph decided they would drop this massive, uh, I guess, bombshell on us with, with the prices and... Um, sorry, with the positions, prices will come next week. But there's, there's a lot to uncover. Uh, a lot of people sort of up in arms about certain players... Uh, a few other ones that, that were a little bit smoky, a few of them that were expected. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, mate, before the last episode, you and I, we asked for some reviews on Apple. And I just want to give a big shout out to Rob Elklington. Now, he's given us a five-star review. Uh, thanks, Rob. He says, great pod. Uh, the quality of discussion and the analysis is fantastic. There was a lot of thought going to this content. Great minds for Supercoach. Now, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say that you and I are fantastic minds, but uh, yeah, very, very, very well, uh, well done to Rob. Thanks for that review. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll read out some of the best ones, but um, just wanted to say thanks, mate. It's been a while. I haven't haven't seen you for uh, about a week and a half. How you been? Yeah, I've been uh, very good, mate. Uh, it was a great day in the cricket. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, rolling England on day one of a Test match. That's always always a good day. Uh, when the rain came, we got a bit of sunshine with. Uh, with this news that we're about to talk about today. So it's going to be an action-packed month, I can see, that's coming up. And uh, I, for one, am ready for it. Now, we'll, we'll give a little bit of insight behind the curtains. Um, we're thankful enough, as well as the other creators that, that do a lot of Supercoach stuff, to be in contact with with a couple of the guys from the Daily Telegraph who have revealed to us that Team Picker will be available next week. Not too sure how much of a exclusive that is because it's normally available mid-December, but... Yeah, we've been given word that Team Picker will be available for next week for all you guys that have Supercoach Gold. Uh, if you don't, um, it'll be available sort of around Australia Day, normally when it comes out. But that's when it's going to really ramp up for you and I, mate. And um, yeah, I guess keep an eyes, your eyes peeled on my Instagram. Um, that's where a lot of the, the podcast content will be going and a lot of, obviously, the, the visual stuff that, that I've been doing last year and that will we'll ramp up this year with Brew. But mate, we'll, we'll get into these sort of position changes and... We've, we've sort of split them into the winners, the losers, and the key ones. Now, the winners are just the guys that have gained eligibility. The losers are the ones that have obviously lost it. If you don't hear a name that we read out today, um, and they had dual position last year, they have they have held it. So the ones that have been announced are the new additions and the ones that have lost it. So, for example, off the top of my head, Brandon Smith will not feature today, um, but he was available at Hooker 2RF last year, so he will be available again this year at Hooker 2RF. But... Straight off the bat, mate, uh, there's a couple of them that are, I guess, not as relevant, but we will touch on them. The first one being Joey Manu. Now, last year, he was center wing only. Picks up fullback eligibility. This one, for me, would only be sort of viable in your very, very deep draft leagues, your, your 12, 14, 16-man draft leagues where your hooker gets a bit thin. 
for classic, there's there's not a whole lot here to to really touch on. I'm assuming. No, you're not going to play him in, in a fullback slot. So you're only really going to play him at centre. The only time it might come in handy is if you know you had a two step trade where you might have to switch him to fullback for a week, or you might use him over a buy or something like that. But realistically, it's it's not a huge change. So I don't think that one really affects us too much this year. Nor is the next one in you and Aiken. Now, he picks up 2RF eligibility, but more so, I don't think the 2RF in Supercoach is a, is a huge thing. It's more if he does play 2RF at, at club level because we know that the output he had in base last year was was fantastic. So, you and Aiken, 2RF, not, not, a huge, not a huge big thing there. Now, the Titans spine, you and I have touched on this a few times this preseason. What are they going to do? Is it going to be Campbell at fullback with... Brimson at six. Supercoach uh, may be going down that route as well because they've added Brimson as a 5'8 as well uh, after only just being uh, fullback last year. Yeah, but that's an interesting one for me um, because my understanding is usually there is some insight from the clubs um, with these duels, um, which to me says that there's probably a fair chance that Brimson does move to 5'8 next year. Uh, which means Campbell should play fullback, and I think that's good all around for the Titans. Um, wouldn't be starting a year with with Brimson. I know I toyed with it last year, and I aborted that, and I'm glad I did at fullback. Um, sight unseen, there's no chance I'd be picking him at 5'8". I won my draft league last year. I'm not too sure how when I look back and see that I took Brimson as high as the 13th pick last year in my draft. So his stocks have definitely fallen down, but there, there could be something there if he... If he finds his form and, and plays very, very well at 5'8", at he's, he's a position there that we can slot in rather than having to have him at fullback. Uh, another one of these fullback upgrades is Stephen Crichton. Played a fair bit last year while while Dylan Edwards was out, swapped in between with Charlie Staines and whatnot, but another one of these things that his best position and his best value for Supercoach Classic uh, is definitely um, in the centres. Uh, Josh Schuster picks up 2RF eligibility. Now, I don't know how you source Schuster last year. I was never a believer until it was too late, unfortunately. It was a bit of a hindrance with him just being at 5'8", because it was sort of... You, you were just sort of stuck there playing him, but he does pick up uh, 2RF now, and we know that, obviously, 5'8", you only have two positions to choose from, whereas 2RF, you get six. Does the move for him at 2RF open up some more avenues for, for potential ownership for him moving forward? Oh, absolutely, it does for me. Um, I was the same. I wasn't. Uh, I wouldn't say I wasn't a believer, but he didn't make his way into my side uh, when he first came onto the scene. Um, I never ended up owning him last year, and for a while there, that was burning me week in and week out. That that is a very handy jewel for me. Um, either way, really, um, you, if you could put a five eight at um, in the second row. There's, there's weeks where that could be big scores um, and vice versa as well. You could get the consistency of, of you know, second row forward points in your 5.8th. And um, we we don't know, obviously, the settings for next year, but I, for one, think that there will be change in relation to the forwards and how the forwards score um, to even it up. I know you and I, I think, spoke about it at the end of last year, how they needed to come to the party and kind of make it a little little bit more even so that we could captain forwards and whatnot like we used to. I think something's happening. Um, And if it does, that could be a real handy jewel that I'll be looking at price dependent. 
Yeah, I think those those scoring changes have all been but confirmed. Um, they won't be announced until later on, closer to when um, the regular... The the, yeah, uh, uh, closer to, to the official launch rather than the yeah. early access. But, um, yeah, I think Tom Sangster and, and the crew at Daily Telegraph have basically all but confirmed there has been scoring changes. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to protect anyone here when I say I don't know. Um, he's kept his cards pretty close to his chest when it comes to telling all us what they are. Um, but just know that the scoring has changed. And, yeah, it will be fantastic to, to have potentially the possibility of having these forwards brought closer together because when your best forward in someone like a Payne Haas or Angus Crichton is averaging mid-70s and your best fullback is averaging 140, and obviously that, that is an outlier, but even we look at someone like Cleary who is averaging 115, like there is a gap there. And, and if we can bring it back closer, it'll be fantastic. And I think Josh Schuster um, could be a big, big winner out of that. Obviously price dependent, but for your draft guys... It opens up another spot to draft him, potentially a little bit higher uh, on your draft boards or even have a bit more depth there in your two RFs. Uh, mate, I'm not going to really touch on Cohen Hess too much. He picks up front row forward status. If you want to buy Cohen Hess, go for it. Um, you won't be hearing those words come out of mine or Brew's mouth. Uh, Murata Niakora, though, he picks up center wing eligibility and this one excites me a little bit with, with obviously the news that Isaiah Papali'i is walking out uh, at the end of the year. Who knows what his production is going to be like. We know that uh, Ryan Madison is is on the injury cloud. I guess he's always sort of there, thereabouts uh, with some concussion history. And, and Sean Lane's never too far away from getting hooked by Brad Arthur. And uh, Parramatta looked to be in a little bit of all sorts with the off-season move. So Murata Niakore could pick up a role in the 2RF and, and we could fill him at centre wing. But he could do what he did last year and, and fill in a bit at the centres and, and looked fantastic. And now we have the opportunity to play him there. I'm liking this one. Yeah, um, if if something comes about and he were to play in the second row, uh, that's definitely something I'd look at. Any any, any dual centre um, that is a forward, I'll definitely be looking at. I learnt my lessons the hard way two years ago, so I will definitely be looking at that. And if he does get a start, and who's to say that it won't happen? Um, Papa Lee is leaving. Lane is rubbish. Um, so, yeah. Could be Shots good. Uh, bring in the heat. Okay, um, the, Ra- the Raiders duo of Jordan Rapp and Abelie Simonson both pick up fullback eligibility. Not a really, not not much. Of it. If if I'm going to pick up any one of these guys that pick up fullback eligibility, uh, it'll probably be Rappiner because he probably has the highest ceiling. But I mean, apart from that, I'm not not a huge fan of either two. Nor am I really a huge fan of this one. Blake Taft picks up halfback and fullback eligibility after coming off five eighth only in 2021. Look, this may have been intriguing a month ago, but with the news now that Lachlan Ilias is going to get first crack at the seven, it it obviously dampens Taft's stocks. Is he going to come on and be that Heinz kind of player if there's an injury? Who knows? He's definitely got the talent. Uh, but there's all the there's all the talk that Latrell could be shifted to the centre, so not too sure what to think what? of that. But as it, yeah, as it, I was going to say, as it stands right now, in my mind, Latrell plays fullback and Taft plays fourteen, and I'm not a huge fan of of Taft for, for Supercoach Classic. No, um, he might be an option later, but if South Sydney is stupid enough to move Latrell Mitchell from fullback back to the centres, wow! Mate, look, looking That's at this, look, looking at this list, we have a lot of fullback upgrades, which include Tyrell Sloan and one Jake Granville. So they both pick up fullback eligibility. Granville being fullback hooker. Yep. That's a and, weird one. <laughs> yep. And Tyrell Sloan is center wing fullback. None of these two excite me at all. And a lot of these winners, yeah. a lot of these winners aren't, I guess, relevant. It's the more of the losers that we'll, we'll talk about. 
Um, Talatau Mone, though, he is someone that, that I do like. Last year, he was full, a halfback only. And this year, he is center wing 5'8". Now, it's going to be a battle for the sixth jersey at the Dragons, I think, between Talatau Mone, uh, also known as Junior Amone, and Jaden Sullivan. Now, for Classic, whichever one of those two win out will probably be in most people's sides because both of them are available um, in pretty key positions. And we'll touch on Sullivan soon, but... Whoever wins the sixth jersey, I'll be featuring, as I said. But, but yeah, Amone picking up the, the center wing eligibility could be huge, coming in at a reasonable price. Well, if they're cheap uh, and they get a start, then, you know, we all know how that goes. They're probably going to find their way into most sides. Yeah, don't be surprised to see one of them over 40% ownership. Uh, Josh Kerr, similar boat as Cohen Hess. And, as I said, Jaden Sullivan, mate, he picks up... Interestingly, he picks up 5'8 hooker. So if he gets yeah. if he gets the start, five eight doesn't particularly excite me, but it's that hooker spot that does because I've made it pretty known that I think Harry Grant is the number one option by far, and and I don't think it's close. And then like, do you go with a mid range guy? Do you pick two guns? Some people are playing with the idea of taking Brandon Smith with Grant. Um, some people are, are putting faith in Cook. You're going two guns up top. I just don't think we're going to have the funds to go two gun, guns up top. And therefore, someone like an Aaron Booth comes into consideration. I know a lot of people are talking him up, myself included. If he can get a top 30 spot and get 50 minutes, 40 minutes, I think he'll be fine. But if Sullivan can can get the sixth jersey at the Dragons and he has that hooker eligibility, that is going to be huge, I think. And I think that's going to be... Um, like It's going to be probably near must-have if he, if he gets to the start for a long period of time. You could potentially play him alongside one of those two people that you mentioned. I can't see people going with both of them because they're both suspended round one. I think you'd be taking too much of a hit. Um, but beside either of them, um, you could definitely plug and play him for a week and then obviously pine him after that and, and go back to Harry Grant or Brendan Smith if, if that's your flavour. So it could be interesting. There's a lot of very unique... Um, Jules here. Yeah, like 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 so positions positions that don't normally go together. Like for example, yeah, for example, Sullivan with Hooker with Hooker five eight. Like it's it's very kind of Watson territory from last year. Mm, but fullback Hooker, that's that's an odd one. No, sorry, he is. Oh no no, no I'm five... um, Granville. Sorry. Oh Granville. yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah but Gra- Granville's just Jewel. you always get these weird ones. I mean, we, we had Dane Laurie. <laughs> We had Dane Laurie, not not this year, the year before. He was front row forward, centre front wing, or whatever <laughs> he was. was yeah. That was a mistake, but we knew that was a mistake. Yeah, this one, there's always some, there's good, some ones. good ones here. Oh, but but then but then again, though, like like Granville was picked at hooker, so it wasn't like. And this is the thing, and and we'll, we'll touch on this in the losers soon when it comes to Matt Burton. But like, he was picked there on on I guess on merit. So he did play. He did play. He started there, and it was he, like he filled in obviously at times, but he did start games there. So. I can see why he got the jewel. It's just it's a real strange one. And we've had this big discussion on who will start and who will be the cheapie for the Dragons, and we end with the winners with a very underwhelming one in Michael Cheekham. He picks up 2RF centre wing from just being 2RF only. What a letdown. Okay, the losers. There is a few here and a few big names. The first one, and this is gonna, and this is a point that I wanted to talk about with you, mate. Ben Hunt loses hooker. So, like, no real, no, no real surprise because he didn't, feature a whole lot there last year, but it's a wider net that we're casting here. If you're a draft player and you have picks one, two, or three in your draft, I would be seriously looking at trading down, trying to pick up a second or a third round pick as well, 
and picking up like the sixth or seventh round pick because outside of Harry Grant, there is not a whole lot when it comes to your hooker positions this year. So, yeah, I mean, in classic, we're, we're going to have a few cheapies, so it's a different mindset to be thinking of. But you guys that just play draft, I would be looking at trading down, especially in your non-captains leagues and and trying to take the best hooker on board mid-round, midway in the first. And I think this, for draft guys, this sends Harry Grant's um, value skyrocketing. I know that people are sick of hearing me say Harry Grant's name, but I, I do rate him very highly this year. And with how thin the hooker position is looking, uh, especially for draft with Ben Hunt losing, uh, another one on here is Victor Radley. He lost as well. We'll touch on them. But hooker is getting thin, and the cream is becoming much more valuable at the top rather than these middling guys. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be Harry Grant. I think there's a few good options. Um, I quite like Damien Cook this year. Um, not not as high in the first round though. Like like I, I would oh, be no, I, no 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 no. I would be comfortable take I would be comfortable taking Grant with the sixth pick. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is if you don't want to reach, I reckon in the third you still get a good hooker. Yeah, but but who though? But you're because not going like, to want to wait because like Brandon Smith. There is just so much uncertainty around him with what he is doing. Uh, Craig Bellamy could have him rot in reserve grade for all he cares. Like I don't think it. I don't think Bellamy cares. Um, Reed Marnie is leaving, and I'm I'm skeptical about taking players that are leaving. Appy Corusau is leaving. Damien Cook, yeah, he could come back, and and I I expect him to. We saw his numbers under Seabold skyrocket. They plummeted under Bennett. Bennett's now left, and obviously we expect them to to rise. But I just feel like there's probably like there's one elite hooker. And there's probably like three next best ones under that. And after that, it's pretty thin. It is. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I can see your point, but um, I still think there's good options without uh, reaching in the first. This isn't a draft-specific podcast, but we'll touch on draft closer to the season. Um, ben Hunt loses hooker, as we said. He just gets halfback. Zach Lomax loses fullback. He just gets center wing. I don't think this matters a whole lot, unless we were doing... No. I know that um, last... Not last year, the year before, when Zach Lomax was a bottom-dollar price, he was good to sort of flip around when, when teams got thin. We played him fullback for a week while over Origin and whatnot, but uh, the more expensive he gets in price, the less I'm excited by him at fullback. Uh, James Fisher-Harris loses his 2RF status. That one, I guess, was kind of expected, but it just it's annoying um, because he was so handy to, to shift around uh, at times last year. Do we, is there anything we want to say on these last two guys in Lomax or Fisher-Harris? Anything you want to add? No. Um, I think Fisher-Harris is probably good enough that you could pick him as a front row anyway. The benefit was obviously the ability to switch him around as required for trades and whatnot. Um, Lomax... Uh, losing fullback does nothing for me. Hunt's a big one. Hunt last year in classic for me was so handy having that duel. Saved my bacon, saved me trades. Um, yeah, I'm actually quite disappointed that he's lost that. I've just realised as well, it's been about 10 minutes since we've spoken about it, so I'm sure someone's going to message me in between that time frame that Nia Cora actually went to the Warriors. Um, so that could be a thing. I mean, Peter Hall has left, so that could open up a spot. So... Uh, if anyone's messaged me about how we've said near Corey's at the Eels, I apologise. It's just clicked in my head that he has gone to the Warriors. But um, yeah, I think the, the, the same point stays. If he can get a if he can get a spot at, at, at the centre wing spot, he could be very very handy. Um, sorry, if he gets a spot at two RF, he'll be very handy in the centre wing. Uh, mate, well, the next for him. yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what I was just sort of thinking. Less competition. Yeah, well, that's what I said with with Peter Hiku leaving. That sort of opens up a spot there, which he could definitely um, snag especially if they're going to persist with uh, Ewan Aiken 
in the, in the two RF. Now uh, the next couple, Kirk Catewell has lost his uh, fantastic center wing spot that he has held for probably the last three years. It was coming. I just didn't know when it would come, but it seems this year is the year that he loses that. Makes him far, far less valuable in my mind. He's not good enough to be an elite center wing. Uh, sorry, not good enough to be an elite 2RF. He doesn't have the, the base there, um, but he was always sort of viable with his center wing eligibility. So unfortunately, his stocks do trend down from, from me there. Uh, David Mead loses his fullback role. Cool. And Corey Oates also loses his uh, 2RF spot. Also, cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, now, all right, let's sit down. And, Talking let's, points. Let's sit down and, and talk Matt Burton because a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, were worried and were upset. And I'm not. I, I just, I didn't, I saw this happening. I mean, the precedent has set that it's not, people, uh, all right, let me go on a little bit of a rant here. People are so fixated with this idea. I'm looking dead into the camera um, for when I'm talking about this. People are so fixated on this idea that if you play three games in the prior year at a position that you're you're guaranteed this um, luxurious dual position, uh, and the fact that people are saying, "Oh, Burton was center uh, was center of the year last year. Why is he not center this year?" First things first, he was never an option for me for round one ever. Not with the Bulldogs draw. You and I have touched on this many times. I've made posts on this. Burton for the first ten weeks, no go. Secondly, he has not signed to go to the Bulldogs to play center wing, which is what is uh, Supercoach deem these dual positions are. They are taken on the back of what they think people will play. So obviously, for example, with Nia Corey, the Daily Telegraph are under the idea that he might play a bit of center wing. There is a very, very slim chance that Burton plays center wing next year. Like, they haven't signed him to go sit in the centers. They haven't paid him big money to go sit in the centers. It works fantastically at Penrith, but Penrith and the Bulldogs are two different systems. I'm just not sure why people are so in in a ball about this, mate. Yeah, I think it's because, you know, five years ago, five to ten years ago, that was the rule. You play three games and then the next season you get that jewel. But that's not the way it is anymore. Like I I mentioned it earlier, they talk to the clubs and they ask the clubs about certain players – and where they might play. And then if the club says, you know, it's possible they play some centre, but there'll be a second row, then they might get a duel. Um, a little bit what you said as well. Um, he's going to the Bulldogs. Um, now, he could play six or seven there. Um, he Maybe in an absolute disaster, he does play centre, but that's not their intention to play him at centre. And you can't have three duels either. So he's either a 5'8", or he's a halfback. Therefore, he has that duel yeah, I, I am surprised that he doesn't get dual halfback, um, halfback fullback, uh, halfback five eighth. Like I am surprised he doesn't get dual. I'm not surprised he didn't get dual center wing. I'm surprised he doesn't get dual um, five eighth and halfback because as it stands now, he has only got five eighth. He's lost the halfback role, which is what he was last year. Um, people were just expecting him to pick up center wing out of, I guess, the results that he had there last year. But that's that's not how it works. Uh, another one, another couple of these, cool moments is Dean Aramia loses his fullback. Nice. Tane Milne loses his 2RF. That was a weird one. Like that was just a very strange one last year that I think that fell, I think that fell into the Dane Laurie category of just random dual positions or, or was there, am I missing something when no. it comes? It was, yeah. Ever since he's been in the game, he's always been center to a two RF and people always used to pick him years ago as like they're almost their enough or they're hopeful because they were like, Oh, well, he's got the handy jewel. Um, and I've never understood it because he's like, he's a center. 
that, and, that, 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 and that's what and that, that, and that's, he's never he's not a big guy and, that, and that's what I mean that's what I mean like it's just it was such a random dual position to have for so many years and like he's he's lost it finally now but yeah so like he was handy for three weeks last year like people loved him he had some good performances but that was the extent of it uh, Dane Laurie loses his centre wing I'm not overly surprised about that here and Victor Radley his stocks go drastically down in my opinion now that he has lost his hooker role. He's just available to RF and, and he's a little bit too inconsistent for, for Supercoach. Fantastic player, one of the best 13s in the game, but um, not ideal. Yeah, gun player. Um, he's good for the Chooks, but we, we know he loves a suspension. Um, we know he has some some downs as much as he has good periods of ups. It's just too much too much doubt there to be able to pick him when he's now straight second rower. The hooker was at least handy. You could switch him around. You could use him in that way. It was a benefit. Um, now that he loses that, unless he unless he cleans up his act suspension-wise and dead set goes on a real tear, um, I don't really see him as too big of a super coach option. option. All right, mate. That was the winners and the losers um, for the people that have gained, the people that have lost. There are a couple more. Uh, and these, I guess, what the, what the Daily Telegraph titled the key ones. So Nico Hines. Now, a lot of people are comparing Matt Burton to Nico Hines in the sense of like, oh, well, why has Nico Hines kept his fullback role when he's not going to play fullback? I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. I think there's a, a, a very, very good possibility that he doesn't play fullback and Will Kennedy holds that, but we can't be as certain as we can with with Matt Burton. So, like, Nico Hines, he goes from fullback centre wing to fullback halfback. But, yeah, I just, I just don't think you can compare the pair when it comes to Burton and Hines. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. No, um, they've signed him as a seven, but he's a fullback. Um, well, not exactly. He actually did play in the halves uh, as a younger kid, and then obviously Melbourne turned him into a gun fullback, and now the Sharks have gone and signed him because one way or the other they can utilise him, whether it's to replace Sean Johnson or whether it was that he was to replace Will Kennedy. Now, we don't actually know. We assume that he's going to play in the seven, but maybe they have different plans. Um, we don't know this. So he, that duel makes sense to me, and I always expected that duel. I wasn't sure if he was going to be 5'8 fullback or halfback fullback, but either way, I knew he was going to be one of those two. Yeah, I don't think it was ever a question of him losing the fullback role. It was just a case of what half he picks up. Now, uh, Kurt Mann, he goes from 5'8 uh, hooker to 5'8 centre wing. I mean, cool. If Kurt Mann finds his form again, he could be a nice centre wing, but there's just a a clusterfuck of, of halves at the, at the Knights. They've got Clifford, they've got Clune, and there's still the Brooks talks. Ponga wants to put his hand up and play 5-8. Like, there's just too much for man to get a crack in the halves, so he could find something in the centre wing, but for me, it's a it's another one of these cool moments. Um, this one, I'm, I'm not too sure. Now, Xavier Savage picks up fullback but loses centre wing. Now, from all the Raiders fans that I've spoke to, there's a very, very good chance that Xavier Savage gets a fair bit of a crack at at the wing. So this is a, a duel that I'm not really understanding. Interesting. Um, 
How long does Klockstad have left on his contract? I'm not too sure, but I doubt they're getting rid of him because I think he signed, I, I want to say, a four-year deal back in 2019 when he sort of came onto the scene. I want to say that. But, like, Klockstad's good well, he's enough. Been imme- he's been immense for them. And, yeah, yeah. and they were a different side last year without him. So, But I know they rate Savage highly. I was just thinking, if this was the final year, for example, of a contract for Klockstad, were they going to maybe groom Savage into that fullback role? That's the only thing I could think that makes sense with that duel because oh, if, yeah, if he picked, the, I don't if, think if he's he going to play fullback. You go. So I just, I just don't see him playing fullback for Canberra. If he's going to play anywhere, it's probably going to be on the wing. And that's what my, that's centers. my thinking. Like I just expected this yeah. to, be, I expected this to be a fullback center wing deal, like a, like a similar mm. to a Dane Laurie uh, at, at Penrith. But like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not really following this one. So. Unless they know That's something, odd. unless they something, unless they know something we don't. Uh, interesting. Cody Nicarima loses his hooker and halfback, and he is just available at half and five eighth. Uh, Never again. Yeah, Unfor- unfortunately, oh. burnt burnt some bridges last year. Uh, you oh. you included. <laughs> um, this yeah. one this one stings a little bit. I mean, yeah, Connor Tracy loses his centre wing, so he goes from centre wing five eighth to halfback five eighth. He played a lot of centre wing last year, so unless there's some kind of move to shift Trindle out and play uh, Hines and Tracy together, I don't know. I mean, I thought Trindle played good enough last year to hold his seven. Th- th- this is not concrete at all. This is just an idea of what, obviously, the, the Daily Telegraph have. But, yeah, I'm did, just... Mm. Did you read that backwards? No, so... So, so con- he's gained centre. Oh, sorry. Okay, I've oh, okay. I've read this wrong. He's gained centre wing. Never mind. That is huge. That's that good. might be good. That's good. That might, yeah, when you were talking, I'm like, hold on, that looks oh, yeah. good I've, to me. I've read this wrong. My <laughs> apologies. So Cody, uh, Connor Tra- Cody Tracy, I'm having a mare. Connor Tracy, Connor has, Tracy. Connor Tracy has gained center wing 5'8 eligibility from halfback, um, halfback 5'8 eligibility. The way that I've written these down is awkward, so apologies. Yes, but if he can find the form that he had last year and they're feeding him balls. He could be very similar to a Matt Burton in that, in that sense that he was a, a third half for the Sharks. So yeah, picking he's up got set- great ball skills. Yeah. So you know, it, that he's going to be able to take the line on and he's certainly going to be able to set up a try if need be at center. So it would be interesting to see if he did get a less center spot, especially with Nico Hines in that side. Now this one makes sense to me. Connor Watson's lost his five eighth hooker and picks up two RF hooker. And someone commented on my post when I put these up saying that Connor Watson has zero chance to play in the 2RF position. I'm not too sure if he's read that as the second row and then not understood that 2RF incorporates lock because you've got, as a, Roosters, as a Roosters fan, you've got Manu can play six, you've got Drew Hutchison, you've got Adam Kieran, you've got Kiri back as well. I just think Connor Watson's so far down on the 5-8 depth chart that like there's not a chance that he plays. Not not a chance, but there's a very little chance he plays 5-8 next year. Uh, look, with Watson being back at the Roosters... I wouldn't be surprised if that guy gets jacked and gets big like Ryan Madison did. Because um, I think they've got intentions to play him as a forward. Yeah. Particularly if they've got Brandon Smith coming next year. Yeah. And that, that, that spells disaster for for Sam Verrills, obviously. And then Victor Radley. Like, yeah, Connor Watson's yeah, the perfect guy. Because cause like, cause Victor Radley is not an 80-minute player, nor is Brandon Smith. And you've got a perfect guy that can cover both those positions in Connor Watson that's just going to slot in at nine and slot in at 13. So it's a, it's a perfect match for, for the Roosters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those, that duo, 
next year in tandem, however they use them, they'll be great for the Roosters. And I'm interested to see what they do with Watson this year. I, I'm thinking he will start off the bench this year. I, I was thinking he was going to get a start, but the Brandon Smith news has kind of made me change my thoughts a little bit. I, I reckon they're going to push Watson to put on size and he's gradually going to move into a mobile floating kind of second row lock position this year. So I think he'll rove around a bit. Yeah, he's got that weird body type. Like, he's big. Yeah. But, like, he just looks too big to play 5'8", but not big enough to play, like, a pure sort of 13. Like, like if you're expecting him to play big minutes. So, if he puts on some size, he's going to be uh, enormous. And the last one of these key ones, mate, I am loving this. Like, this one makes me so happy. Unfortunately, he's injured for the first probably half of the year, but Adam Dewey picks up center wing and loses fullback, but I'm not too worried about that. But, yeah, Adam Dewey is at center wing is going to be monstrous when he is back. Yeah, save a trade, everyone. Um, make sure you got him for the run home. Obviously... Especially, sorry, especially you know, with that Tigers run home that you and I touched on with the draw. Like, you and I both said yeah. that Tigers have a phenomenal draw. So, in all seriousness, he's coming back from a very serious injury. So, he could come back slow. Um, it might be a wait and see. Um, but we all know what Adam Dewey's capable of after last season. And having a 5'8", who was punching out 80, 90 almost a week in that slot and going up going up to 130, 140 a week in your centres. That's brilliant. Because um, we, we saw that he had quite a good floor for a 5'8". He was a bit Munster-like. Like, I'm not saying he had the same type of base, but he always seemed to come out of those games with a decent score. And I hated not owning that bloke last year. So, um, yeah, I love that jewel. That's probably my favourite jewel from everything that was released today. That or Schuster are my favourites. But I think Dewey probably takes the edge because I think he's the biggest X, X factor from these jewels. Yeah, he's my biggest winner winner by far. He loves a run. He loves a, he loves hogging the ball and just stepping inside, which is great for Supercoach. He loves a tackle too. And as you said, very, very similar to Munster. Uh, very, very similar levels too last year. And Dewey just edged him out because I feel like the Tigers revolve around him, whereas the Storm don't. Obviously, Munster is a huge part of the attack, but it's not as crucial. Like, if you lose Munster, you've got other players around him. If, if we lost Dewey, like, we're going to be ass. But in saying that... He actually that, reminds me, before we, but sorry, before we go, he actually does remind me a lot of a younger Munster. Yeah. Like, Munster's slowed down a little bit over the last couple of years. He doesn't have the same step and speed and electricity that he used to have. He... Dewey Deadset reminds me of Munster in like 2016, 2017 when he was just that bit younger. Now, I said with no Munster, we could be awful, but we do bring in Jackson Hastings. Now, Jackson Hastings is available at halfback 5'8". I'm not too surprised about this uh, because I don't think anyone's got any idea what he's what he's going to be doing. He could be a guy that um, plays 13 that we have in our halves that scores big or, or, or vice versa. I mean, like Hastings at... Hastings at Jewel. So this is the thing with Hastings. We don't know the price, but when John Bateman came into the league, he was killing the Super League and he came in at 400k flat, I think, from memory. And um, Hastings has been killing it in the Super League as well. So I would expect him to come in at around between 400 and 440 based off last year's pricing. Like we don't know what's going to happen with the changes, but I would expect he comes in at around, yeah, mid, mid 400s and Probably a little bit too rich for my blood with the unknown, um, but there's definitely some upside there uh, available at the jewel. Yeah, the price, son. Tell us the price, son. That's what it all comes down to um, with Hastings. I actually don't think he'll be... It depends how, how they do the, school, the um, pricing this year based on last year's massive averages. 
if in general the prices don't take a bit of a hit, um, I actually think you'll come in a little bit cheaper um, than say Bateman did, um, just because he doesn't, he's not going to have the same base that Bateman would have in the in the UK, and they've also got a little bit of data from when he did play in the NRL previously. So, if we're going off the regular scoring system, I reckon he's probably going to be about 350, 375. Very enticing at that kinda price. Kind of in an area there. Yeah. I would definitely probably take that risk given the Tigers draw. Um, don't know if I'd necessarily rely on him as a starter early. Um, I'd wait and see how he does play. Um, but if he is in that, probably anywhere under 400, I'm interested. You just took the word out of my mouth. I was literally just going to say sub 400. I'm interested. Anything over, yep. I'm not. I think that's that's the ballpark I'm in. Yeah, too steep uh, over 400, I think, um, without knowing how he's going to go upon his return. And the last one is Jaden Nicarima, uh, halfback, and I don't, know, I don't know, I don't know what the Daily Telegraph have put here. They've put halfback slash ho. Is that meant to be hooker? I'm assuming that's meant to be hooker. Yeah, so halfback hooker. I mean, who knows? Over Origin, if he gets some game time, could be could be cool, but. Um, expect him to be a, a, a expect him to sign with the Bulldogs in four years' time for like six hundred k a year when Bellamy turns him into a stud. Uh, we'll see, uh, uh, mate. I think I, I just I just remember how he played for the Roosters last time. I I know a lot of people that actually think he's a fantastic player. Oh, he just he just played so well in Q Cup. That's the thing. Like last year, he played fantastic. Q Cup's not the NRL, but it, it is not. Mate, that's all I'll say on that. Before we go, I think you and I have the exact same winner out of this, and it's Adam Dewey. Yeah, Adam Dewey's the big winner. Um, picking up, it, it's kind of like when you get a forward that can play in the centres. Given centres generally, if your name's not Brian Toll, have a, have a lower floor. Um, getting someone with a high ceiling and a larger floor, gold. Hopefully he comes back um, as the same production with his knee. It's always a, a worry. But, mate, thank you for, for coming on with me tonight, uh, breaking down these, um, yeah, interesting positions. Prices, from what we know, uh, Sankster has said that a few prices will be leaked between now and Team Picker. Quick prediction, Turbo, over or under 1.1 mil? Um, under. Under. All right. We'll leave it at that, uh, mate. Thank you very much. And the next time people hear from us, it'll probably be with our initial sides. I think you and I will sit down. We'll we'll pick a very very rough team once team picker is out, and uh, we'll put that podcast in the archives, and we'll see how close our round one teams are to that. Um, but for now, I've been the SC Whisperer. Uh, I've been joined by Brew SC. If you're watching on YouTube, drop us a like, drop us a subscribe. You can see the new graphic here. Um, follow both of us, sort of wherever um, you see these. Yeah, the the socials, um, drop a review. We'll read it out if, the, if it's a fantastic one. But for now, ciao for now. Ciao for now, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 